This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. Paul has this full understanding. It is God's good pleasure, His divine purpose, and His eternal plan that's worked through the obedience of the beloved Son leading Him to the cross to give His life as a payment for our disobedience. And it's all about God. It's all about Him working His plan, His purpose through it all. When someone asks you to participate in a volunteer effort or for a favor, do you jump right in regardless of the job or how it might interfere with your plans? Sometimes before we jump, our flesh responds with that eternal fleshly question. What's in it for me? Many look to the Word while thinking, can God help me achieve financial success? Or how can following Christ make me happy? Those are the wrong questions. How can we serve Him? How can the Word help you to know Him more? These are what we should be asking. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 8, with our continuing study entitled, The Blessing of God's Choosing. No matter where you go in this life, you will see the grace of God. First of all, we see what's called the common graces. And the common graces go out upon all of creation. Uh, even those who don't identify God, who don't trust God, who don't believe in God, who are enemies of God, still the common graces of God are poured out upon them. We, we see the beauty of sunrises. We see the, the blessings of the changes of the seasons. We see the blessings of life. We see even joy that the very human experience is able to be able to have. These are common graces received by everyone. And then the other type of graces that we have are what are called special graces. And these are the ones that surround the lives of believers. His peace in the midst of our storms. His forgiveness in spite of our failures. His love, even when we're not very lovely. Remember the acronym of grace? God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. What a great acronym, what a great definition that is of grace. Well, here... In Ephesians, over in verse 8, and we'll get there sometime in our study, but Paul tells us that this grace has been caused to abound toward us. And some of the versions say that he's lavished this upon us. And it's, it's like he's got a huge bucket, and he doesn't just come and give us a little bit here and there. No, it's, the, the word picture is that he just pours it out upon us. He just dumps his grace upon us. Because we deserve it? No, you know that we don't. And yet God, in His love, and His blessing, just lavishes it upon us. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The only real and lasting peace any of us could ever have comes from God our Father. Not from the circumstances that we live in. If the only peace that you have in life is based on circumstances that you live in, beloved, your life is going to be such a roller coaster. And in view of that thought, if your life, if your spiritual life is a major roller coaster, then maybe you're looking for the wrong thing to bring you peace and well-being. And maybe your trust 
is again on the things that you see and the things that you feel and the things that you touch rather than trust in the reality of the power and the presence of God in your life. But I want to move on into this next section of verses. And again, another unique thing in this letter brings us here to to verse 3. John Walford, a Bible commentator and, and a pastor, writes this about these verses. He says that in the Greek text, verses 3 through 14 are all one sentence. And it's considered by scholars to be the most cumbersome sentence in the Greek language because there is just so much that's there. You've heard people who run on their sentences. They, they just continue talking and talking, you know, in, in, in excitement. And it's kind of like, take a breath, you know, so, uh, so you don't die in the middle of what you're saying. I, I think Paul, just in the excitement of what he's writing here, he just goes on and on and on and on. And we're going to look at this this morning. It's not the only place in Ephesians he does it. He actually does it eight different times throughout Ephesians. He just runs on these sentences. And I believe it's because of the excitement of of what he's writing to the people of God here. And as we begin our journey through these 12 verses, verses uh, 3 through 14, I feel that it's really important for us to maintain the wholeness of the thought of what Paul is saying. And we're going to take our time with this study, and in particular with this section as we begin Ephesians, and we'll probably be in this section of verses 3 through 14 at, at least a couple of weeks. And, uh, because again, the depth of all that's there, the richness that's all that's there. But let me encourage you as we do this to continue on in your reading through the week of reading chapters 1 to 3. Maybe go ahead and read 1 to 6. Read the whole thing. Again, to help you to bring into the context all of what we're saying. And who knows, but maybe the Lord will allow you to start memorizing some of the precious passages that are here in Ephesians. What a rich, rich book this is. But look with me this morning at this section, beginning in verse 3, as I read through verse 14, and I, and I know that in the English we have everything just nice and neatly divided into sentences and paragraphs, and it kind of helps our English brains grasp it a little bit better. But still understand that to Paul, this is just one great, one glorious thought that he's just pouring out. He's pouring out. And, it's, yeah, it's definitely one very long sentence. Personally, I feel that what Paul is writing here is a declaration of praise and worship. Listen to it. Follow along, if you would, as I read it this morning. Verse 3 all the way through verse 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Wow. It's, it's, it's a powerful declaration that Paul makes here. It's really, uh, it's not only a magnificent statement, but there is just a ton of doctrinal truth that he packs in these verses in such a way that, man, you can't lose it. But the question is, is do we really see, as we read through this on our own or whenever, do we really see the magnificence and the fullness of the truth that Paul, I believe, is trying to, again, reveal to us in this. And I understand that in our fellowship today, this morning here in, in this group that's with us today, there are going to be some that are here today or that they're going to be listening on the Internet or, or get a DVD or a CD later on and be listening to this. And I understand that they are going to lean more towards the line of what's called Calvinism. I understand that, and if you don't know what Calvinism is, a very poor description of it, and very limited description of it is, is they are very, very strong on the predestination work of God. And there's others that are here that lean more towards what is called Armenianism. And again, a very poor and a very limited description of Armenianism is that the Armenianism thought and process is that they lean very heavily and very strongly toward the free will and the choice of man. So you have these two great extremes. And I understand that in and of itself, these definitions are, are so limited. We don't have time to really go into the definitions of either one of those this morning. But during the study of Ephesians, because of where Paul goes in this book, we will be touching on both and speaking on both. But as we go through it, as we look at these things, some of the members uh, that may be in each camp, you may be listening with, with a really great expectation that this study is, is going to either confirm your position or defeat the other one. And I want to assure you, if you're in either extreme of these camps, if you insist on maintaining the extreme position of, again, Calvinism or Arminianism, that you're going to be sorely disappointed with the study. Because I don't think that that's what Paul is trying to drive home here. I don't think that that's the point of what he's making here at all. However, if you want to know the fullness 
of the glory of God, the richness of who He is, and the declaration of His might and His power as we go through this study. I believe you'll be blessed. I believe you'll be encouraged with it. We're going to take the time this morning, again, as we look at this one section, this one thought of Paul's, to see some astounding and some some wonderful words of blessing and hope. First of all, consider what this section, these verses, are all about. And if you think that the main purpose of these is dealing with predestination, I think that you're missing a greater point. And if you think that this one section deals primarily with just the blessings that we receive in Christ, I believe also you're missing a greater point. This whole section is about the glory of God the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ, just declaring and proclaiming who He is and the glory of Him. Consider, if you will, the very opening words and the very beginning sentence there in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Stop for a minute and think. Who, who is Paul bringing the focus to here? It's to God the Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, it does speak about spiritual blessings that we have, but it's so easy in our consumer mentality to skip that first portion where he speaks of blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and suddenly get to the good stuff, what I get out of it. And how easily we go that way. But once you slow down and you take time to analyze, I believe, the focus of what Paul is writing, it changes the entire meaning of the passage. Today we're going to go through this section again, through these verses. And I'm going to go through it without very much explanation, but I am going to go through it with a great detail of identification. We'll look at another time. We'll begin next week going through the explanation of it all. But today, I think that we need to focus on the identification of what Paul is saying, who he is saying to and about. And if you feel that this little exercise is too elemental to you, Church, this is fundamental. This is necessary. This is foundational to our understanding, not only in this passage, but in our entire Christian life and experience. If the only time that you read this word is to look and see, what do I get out of it? What's in it for me? Then you're missing the foundation, the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our existence. Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The focus here is God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul continues, verse 4. He says, just as He, well, who be He? He is God the Father. Just as He chose us in Him. Well, who be Him? Him is Jesus our Lord. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, before God the Father. 
that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, to Himself, to God the Father. He's predestined us as adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to God the Father, according to the good pleasure of whose will? His will. God the Father's will. Not my will, but it's according to His will. Because of the greatness of His love, greatness of His compassion toward us. Are you starting to get the gist of this? Do you see where Paul is going with this? He says still in verse 5, According to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace. It's all about to His glory, to the praise of the glory of His grace. You may be familiar with the old song, Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. That's the reality of what Paul is speaking here. It's not about us. It's about what He is doing and who He is. It says, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He, the Father, has made us accepted in the Beloved. We know who the Beloved is, don't we? Oh, the Father's only beloved Son, the one in whom He is well pleased, the one who Jesus was the one who declared during His life, during His ministry, Father, I've done everything that You've wanted me to do. All that you set before me, I've completed these things. Verse 7 says, In Him, speaking of in Christ, in Christ we have redemption through His blood. Peter speaks to us, a little bit later in the book of 1 Peter, Peter writes, The precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. John tells us in 1 John, he speaks of the blood of Christ which cleanses us from all sin. In Romans 5, 9, Paul again declares to us that we're justified by His blood. And here Paul declares to us, we are redeemed through His blood, and through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. He goes on to say, according to the riches of His grace, the grace of God the Father which He, God the Father, made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Let me ask you, whose wisdom and prudence? Yours? No. You better pray not. But it's the wisdom and it's the prudence of Almighty God that's bestowed these things, abounded these things upon us. In verse 9, "...having made known to us the mystery of His will." The mystery of the Father's will, the Father's purposes. According to His good pleasure, the Father's good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Here we find so clearly what it's all about, church. It's about God's good pleasure. It's about God's divine purpose. It's being worked out through God's eternal plan. In order that, as verse 10 tells us, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He, the Father, might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, in Him. And who that Him be? Jesus, our Lord. Paul tells us a little bit later in in the book of uh, Colossians, he says, For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Christ, 
all the fullness should dwell. And by Him, by Christ, to reconcile all things to Himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Paul has this full understanding. It is God's good pleasure, His divine purpose, and His eternal plan that's worked through the obedience of the beloved Son, leading Him to the cross, to give His life as a payment for our disobedience. And it's all about God. It's all about Him working His plan, His purpose through it all. Because of that, you and I can now come by faith to receive the riches of that grace, the adoptions as sons and daughters, and the greatness of all the inheritance. Yes, all of those things are ours. Yes, we look and we see all of those things. But, beloved, that's not the primary focus of this. The primary focus of this is all about Him. And we're simply the recipients of it. We, we, we simply get the overflowingness of it. Moving on in verse 11, he says, In Him, speaking of in Christ, in Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, the will of God the Father, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. Verse 13, In Him, in Christ, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Beloved, there is so much in these 14 verses. We could be weeks and weeks and weeks in there. I'm not going to guarantee you how long we'll be in there. I'm just, we're just going to move on and as the Lord opens it up to us. But do you see how he ends this little section there? The, the last little phrase of verse 14 in our English versions says, To the praise of His glory. Do you remember how he began it up in verse 6? He says, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Beginning and end. The bookends of all of this is again to the praise of His glory. To the glory of God the Father. Paul ends up the very thought of this with that same emphasis. We're called according to God's good pleasure, His divine purpose. He continues to work out His eternal plan in and through us. Church, we need to get out of ourselves, and we need to get into Jesus. And that's just the bottom line of it all. We are so filled today in our culture, in our society, with this consumerism that says, what's in it for me? That we pick out churches like we pick out department stores. We pick out churches like we pick out what movie we want to go to. Oh, it's a lot of fun over there. It's lighthearted. We enjoy the time, and we go out feeling so good. But do we realize, man, it's not about us. It's about the honor and the glory of Christ. Can you imagine with me, if you would, an earthly father with two children. One child jumps up on the father's lap and says, Oh, Daddy, I love you. And the father, just out of the fatherly curiosity, says, Oh, dear, why do you love me? It's a dangerous question to ask your children, by the way. 
Because the first one responds this way. Oh, Daddy, because of all the things that you get me. Because of the, 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 I've got my own room, and a lot of my friends don't have their own room. They have to share it with their, their brothers and sisters. Daddy, Daddy, I love you because you bought me that new bike, and some of my friends don't even have bikes, so Daddy, I really love you. Daddy, I love you because you, you give me that allowance every week, and it's there every week. Oh, Daddy, I love you. Some of my friends, they don't even get an allowance. How would that make the father really feel? Wouldn't it make him feel that he's buying the love of his child? But you see another child jumps on that daddy's lap. says, oh, Daddy, I love you. Why do you love me, dear? Just because of who you are. Because of the greatness of your love. Because I feel comfort in your arms. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now, we want to be sure to tell you how you can get a free copy of this teaching. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. Our website has today's message available for you to download. For more information about The Open Word or Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we encourage you to log on to TheOpenWord.com. Although the Open Word teachings are always available to you free of charge, if you'd like to help support this ministry, simply log on to the website, theopenword.com, and click on the support link to make a secure donation to this teaching ministry. Your donation can be set up as a one-time or regular scheduled tax-deductible gift. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God richly bless you.